You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. The following is an audio conversation with John Regeer on the topic of moral addictions. This is part one of four. Thank you all for joining us. Mr. John Regeer is back with us. He was here on our last conference call, continuing talking about moral addiction. And a lot of you called in about sexual abuse, the conference we had last time. So Mr. Regeer has volunteered and kind enough to join us again tonight. He is an author, conference speaker, pastor, does counseling in Colorado Springs and trains others, and he's here to help us learn how to be set free from sin by using the principles found in the Bible. So we'll begin with prayer, then have Mr. Regeer introduce the topic, and then I'll begin with prayer. Father, thank you for this evening, for the, the freedom found in you, and that as we all struggle with sin, and difficulty and have our problems, we know that we can all look to you and find freedom. And thank you for people like Mr. Regeer, willing to give their lives to help others find the freedom through Jesus. And that the many people listening in tonight and other times will also find freedom and learn that freedom doesn't come through anything except through faith in Jesus. So may we trust you and live for you and pray to see many come to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Mr. Regeer, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry and kind of summarize a little bit maybe about the last conference call? I've been involved for 24 years as a pastor and in the last 17 years I've been involved in counseling full-time. In the last 17 years I've spent a lot of helping individuals resolve moral failure issues and sexual abuse issues. In the last session we talked about the fact that 40% of women are sexually abused and 20% of men are sexually abused. And um, in this session, we're going to talk about the individuals who are perpetrating that, and that's coming out of the moral failure side. Um, let me just give you some statistics. Um, 90% of, of um, men watch pornography. Um, there are 4.2 million pornographic websites, which includes 420 million pages of pornography on the Internet. 40 million U.S. adults regularly visit Internet pornography sites. 47% of Christians said pornography is a major problem in their home. 90% of boys, 70% of girls aged 13 to 14 have viewed pornography. Pornography is a $57 billion business. 68 million people look for pornography each day on the Internet. The average man watches 40 minutes of pornography three times a week for 104 hours per year. The average age um, that a boy sees pornography is 11. Uh, 42.7% of Internet users view pornography. And then when it comes to premarital sex, one in three high school students is having sex. 25% of young people are involved in sexting, namely putting nude pictures on their cell phones. And uh, <clears throat> so we have a huge problem um, in our culture with the issue of moral failure. 
But the interesting thing is we have the opportunity as believers to help people resolve the issues that they've experienced in moral failure. And in the session, I'd like to share basically how do you actually help a person come to freedom and how do you actually understand what people are struggling with when they have moral failure or an addiction. Now, I'd like to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting with verse 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of sensuality, even as the Gentiles who know not God, that no man go beyond to defraud his brother in any matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such. For God has not called us to uncleanness, but to holiness. So that's just a summary of some of the things that um, we'd like to be focusing on this session. So what are some other moral addictions besides pornography? I'll just make a list of the different kinds of problems. There's one is lust, which is a sexual desire for another person outside of the marriage. The second is fornication, which is general term for all sexual failure. Um, defrauding is a term used in 1 Thessalonians 4 for arousing another person or stealing what doesn't belong to you. Then there's premarital sex, adultery, homosexuality, pornography, bestiality, sex with animals, incest, sex between parents and children, rape, <clears throat> and then harlotry or prostitution, which is paying someone for sex. So those are the different areas of sexual deviation that the Bible defines. Why do people have these addictions? Why are these so common, so popular, especially among Christians? Well, there's two things that I would like to separate out in answering that question. One is a person may have moral failure issues but not have an addiction. In other words, someone might fail morally once or twice, but that's not an immoral addiction. A moral addiction is where a person keeps going back to the same activity and keep practicing, practicing the same sin. When there's a moral addiction, um, I look for three things. If a person has never been loved and they emotionally connect that need for love to a sexual activity, that becomes an addiction. For example, if a boy is raised in a home where no one ever emotionally connects to him and then he observes pornography at age 12, every time he's lonely, he's going to be looking for pornography. Or if you have a person who has emotional pain in their past where they weren't accepted, not loved, or yelled at, and uh, then they view pornography, what happens is every time there's pain, that back to that um, cycle of moral addiction. And uh, in order to solve moral addiction, you have to understand their emotional need or their emotional pain that they've experienced in their personal life. We're talking with John Regeer from Caring for the Heart Ministries. John, you're saying that the cause for moral failure is a lack of being loved or even knowing how to seek love is typically the cause. And my question surrounds the fact that I saw pornography when I was at the average age of when boys see pornography. And I was disgusted by it. It didn't, it didn't create a lifelong addiction to pornography. So I, I believe that you're probably right that, the, that it's not the exposure to pornography that creates an addiction. Is, is that what you're saying? Yes, what you're describing is the fact that you may have not had pain or you may have had an emotional connection with your parents that didn't produce the addiction. And so in your situation, it cycled into something that you kept going back to. 
let, let me use an illustration. Um, a gentleman called me and says, would you mind helping me get free from my homosexuality? And he came in and both of his parents didn't ever connect with him. And his grandparents never connected with him, but his parents sent him um, to his grandparents every summer to live on the farm, and an uncle connected with him. But at age nine, the uncle sexually abused him, and from age nine on, he had a, uh, a desire for homosexuality. And the problem is, every time he was lonely, he would start lusting after men. That was many times a day. And so his connection was he'd never been loved, and uh, when he felt alone, he constantly went back to that homosexual desire. That's what I call a, um, a sexual addiction. Now, what a counselor has to do or a pastor has to do is to understand what happened emotionally to that person early. Now, in your situation, I would ask you two specific questions. When you were 9-11, whenever that happened, that you were exposed to pornography, were you loved as a person by your family? The second question is, were you emotionally damaged at that point where that exposure to pornography didn't affect you? And more than likely, the answer is you were loved, you didn't have a lot of pain, so that exposure never did cycle into an addiction. So what we're really dealing with in America is a lack of, of love in families. That's right. Mm -hmm. and, and as a result of the lack of love, there's a vacuum that the sexual um, fulfillment fills. Because sex is a good feeling, and so people just keep going back to it. Even though God designed sex to be within the marriage relationship, not to fulfill a person when they're a child. I guess the question that I would have is, it's a short-lived relief, I would imagine. And, you know, it peaks, and then it's over with, and then does it bring relief? Does it make them feel like they were loved for a short amount of time, and then they obviously need to do it all over again. It actually produces guilt. Any moral failure produces guilt, so a person that, that practices, for example, pornography feels guilty, so then they try and stop it for a while, but then their need for love comes back and it overrides their guilt, and so they cycle back into the pornography, which leads to guilt again, and then they stop it. And it really damages one's spiritual life because of the guilt and, and the pattern that it produces. It is common. It seems like a private thing, but it affects a whole lot of people. What are the consequences of this kind of moral failure, and how should we be thinking? There are a lot of different consequences, but typically a person that is immoral justifies their actions, and they begin to learn to lie to cover their problem. And... Um, Proverbs 5.10 says that a person that violates moral issues will lose money. And I found that 70% of people that come in that have financial problems causes moral failure. Another thing that moral failure produces is conflict in the family and calamity uh, based on the example of David with his sin with Bathsheba. Um, it also damages God's reputation and often you find immorality in the family where there's moral failure, where children get involved in moral failure uh, because their parents are involved in moral failure. And often I have parents coming and saying, would you ask my children to or see that my children stop doing immoral things? And when I ask the parents what their involvement in moral issues are, uh, it's amazing how many times the parents that are actually involved more than the children are. Wow. So those are some of the consequences of, of moral failure as it relates to the family. Is there a way to symptoms you can tell with drug addicts or something? Are there 
characteristics you can see in a person that's addicted? Uh, a person that's immoral, I went to the book of Proverbs, and there's six characteristics of a person who will be immoral based on what God says in Proverbs. First of all, they will have no convictions. Number two, they won't keep their promise. They lack wisdom. Often they're rebellious. The fifth is they like to be away from home. And number six, they use flattering statements. If you take this list of six um, and you compare it to, for example, any man in any church, you'll find that it's very accurate because people that are in pornography usually flatter women. And people that are in pornography don't like to be around their family. A husband in pornography will stay away from his wife. And uh, I found that these characteristics um, really reflect, um, one, that's because it's biblical, but um, they really reflect the characteristics of a person that's involved. I've often shared these in conferences, and people say, that's exactly me. But that's the characteristic of a person who has moral, moral principles. So how can we help someone who's morally addicted? There's three steps to answer that question. One is they have to, first of all, you have to, first of all, help them understand if they have an emotional need or an emotional pain or they've been sexually abused, that has to be resolved first through prayer. So with the case I just described earlier, the homosexual who had never been loved, I led him in a prayer like this, Jesus, neither my parents nor my grandparents ever connected with me. Jesus, what did that do to my heart? How would you heal my heart from that? And I walked him in a prayer to resolve that. The second step is a person needs to repent of each area of moral failure. And I have a prayer that I lead him through. Lord, I acknowledge and renounce my sinful involvement in blank pornography and ask you to break that stronghold in my life. Um, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to take back ground given to the enemy through my involvement and I yield that ground to your control. The third step, after they confess their moral issues and have them go through and confess all of them in a lifetime, I lead them to emotionally connect to meet their need in the first step if they were never loved and make sure they have a wife who connects with them every day. If they're single, I define a friend that could love them emotionally meet that need. And I make sure that the pain issue in their childhood is resolved, whether it's sexual abuse or whether it's a pain of rejection, whatever the pain is. And I found that if you take those three steps, um, most people lose their desire for their moral addictions. Um, They will be tempted, so I give them a scripture and a prayer to pray whenever they're tempted again. But most individuals, once they go through those three steps, lose interest in their moral addiction, whether it's pornography, homosexuality, or lust. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.